welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stress and distress, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and CMA markets. It's Tuesday, August the 1st, and I'm Katerina Dacier. And I'm Faisan Abid. Coming up this week, we will be discussing key credit metrics for European automotive issuers and market prices of their debt instruments. Then we will talk about TalkTalk's RCF lenders who are taking pitches from financial advisors ahead of the 2024 maturity. Finally, we will discuss the highlights of the market this week. But first, we will look at what the common trends are for the first half of this year. We have just released our 2023 half-year wraps for leveraged loans and high-yield bond covenants. Bart and Ian from our EMEA Covenants team are here to speak about those. But what can you tell us about how covenant terms looked in the first half of 2023? Thanks for having us on. As we broadly expected at the start of the year, refinancings predominated in both markets, representing 76% of the bond market and 70% of the loan market, with amend and extend transactions taking up the lion's share of loan deals. However, there were some acquisition financings and dividend recaps as well. Now, generally speaking, covenant terms improved in both loans and bonds compared to 2022. And that's because refinancings tend to recycle existing covenant terms, and these terms reflect what was in documentation prior to 2022. And because covenant terms were recycled, investor pushback declined in both loans and bonds. We saw pushback in 37% of loans, down from 56% the year before, and in 13% of bonds, down from 29% in 2022. With loans, what's really interesting is that if we exclude add-ons, the pushback percentage jumps up to 55%, which is in line with 2022 and actually higher than prior years. In bonds, all the pushback activity was concentrated in four deals, indicating that some sponsors thought they were bringing much more solid credits to the market than investors did. Pre-marketing activity may have also reduced the scale of publicly known pushback since key investor requirements would have been taken account during the pre-marketing process. We also introduced our proprietary loan scoring this year. Reorg now gives scores of 1 to 5 for all loans coming to market, with 1 being the most protective and 5 being the most aggressive. On average in the first half of this year, loans scored a 3.28 on average, just falling into weak territory. Pushback resulted in scores dropping by an average of just 0.10 in the score. Looking at Reorg's flex scale, day one capacities to incur dilutive debt and priming debt and for value leakage fell sharply in the loan market in the first half of 2023 compared to 2022. In bonds, by contrast, they increased across the board. What actually happened was a convergence of general purpose capacities in bonds and loans. In 2022, we saw a significant difference, with capacities in loans far outpacing those in bonds. And so with a recent increase in the bond market, capacities in loans are now in line with what we see in bonds. For specific covenant terms, we'd urge our subscribers to read both reports in detail. Generally speaking, aggressive terms were seen less often in the first half of 23 compared to 2022. Some notable changes include increase in use of J.Crew blockers 
and a decline in all forms of calculation flexibilities, including for uncapped synergies. Looking forward, we expect refinancings to continue to make up a significant proportion of both markets, possibly with continued restraint and covenant terms. There are some M&A and take private transactions rumored, and they could result in more aggressive terms. There are also a number of deals that need to be refinanced, more bonds than loans, with 12.3 billion euros maturing in the fourth quarter of this year and 19.6 billion in the first quarter of 2024. Now, we would have expected most of these to have refinanced by now, and so we wonder whether some of these will turn into bigger restructurings. Thanks, Bart and Ian. As Ian mentioned, for more detail, we'd encourage our subscribers to dive into both our bond and loan half-year covenant reports, which you can find on our website, real.com. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience, so please take a moment to complete the short survey in the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we are doing. On Friday, Reorg published the second part of the Automotive Sector Review. The report highlights the credit metrics of original equipment manufacturers, or OEMs, and auto parts suppliers, along with bond prices from issuers under Reorg's coverage. We are here again today with our analyst Manuel Coelho, who worked on this piece. Welcome, Manuel. So tell me, from the credits analyzed, which bonds are worth highlighting? Hi, Faisin. Thank you. Um, so among the OEMs, uh, we are constructive on the bonds of Jaguar Land Rover, especially the short-term dated 2026 20, instruments. This is the group's strong order book, a profitable premium models mix, and a positive momentum in production and sales. This has translated into cash generation in the last 12 months. Among the auto suppliers, we see ZF as a sound low beta credit, and we think that Bentler's debut issuance offering near 10% yield could compensate investors that are more risk tolerant. Got it. I also understand that you looked at the key credit metrics of each issuer. Could you give us a brief overview of how inflation affected these issuers and how they have recovered post-pandemic? Sure. So we observed that the earnings recovery post-pandemic is quite mixed. While the revenue recovery is complete for Renault, McLaren revenue is still only 43% of 2019 revenue, for example. Also, inflation has basically taken over from the supply chain constraints and eroded margins. This is because some auto suppliers have been unable to pass on non-materials costs increases to customers in a timely manner. Um, there is a stark contrast between the likes of Stellantis, Volvo Cars and Renault versus Aster Martin and McLaren, which is also reflect reflective on their credit ratings. In general, the first ones tend to be able to pass cost inflation better than the latter. From our data, it is also clear that only a few auto suppliers, such as Bentler, managed to improve uh, the last 12 months adjusted EBITDA margins versus 2021 figures. Interesting. And in terms of net leverage, what can you tell us? So most auto automotive suppliers we analyzed have moderate net leverage ratios between 1.5 times and 3 times. This compares with a sector valuation multiple between 6 times and 9 times, which implies a moderate low to loan-to-value ratio. The moderate leverage sort of compensates investors 
for the industry exposure to cyclicality and volatile cash generation. As you know, the auto industry is highly capital intensive with significant upfront investments and high working capital requirements. Cash generation is heavily dependent on the commercial success of OEMs and OEMs typically have stronger cash conversion than auto suppliers. This also means that investors should look out for potential liquidity shortfalls. Among OEMs, for example, the UK car manufacturers McLaren and Aston Martin have weak liquidity profiles and among auto suppliers, standard profile is the weaker in terms of liquidity and it chronically burns cash. Thanks, Manuel. We look forward to the next update on the sector. UK broadband provider Talk Talk has been in the headlines recently. Reporter Farouk Balaut is here today to tell us more about it. Hi, Farouk. Can you talk us through what's happening at the company? Sure. So Talk Talk is a topical name at the moment because they have to refinance their bank debt and senior notes. The £330 million revolver is due in November 2024 and the £685 million bond is falling due in February 2025. So we are hearing that RCF lenders are taking pitches from financial advisors this week. Thank you. But what are the concerns around the RCF? Well, the RCF has a leverage covenant and as you know, the company has been underperforming in the latest year which ended on Feb 28. The revenue was flat year over year at 1.457 billion with the headline EBITDA down 23.8% year over year to 297 million and the trade outlook is also bleak. So the concerns are that uh, it might fail the covenant test next year. So is the company doing anything regarding refinancing of its uh, RCF and other debt? Yes, the company talked about refinancing of its RCF in the annual accounts, saying they will be required to start negotiations with the lenders within 12 months. They've also said that they have agreed terms for the renewal of their 75 million receivables facility, but they did not talk about the bonds which are due in February 2025. Thank you, Farouk. And last question before you go. Can you tell us what uh, the market thinks about refinancing of TalkTalk's debt maturities? Well, that's a tricky question to answer because uh, the views are very much divided. They're mixed. Uh, But we will keep updating our audiences on that. Uh, Our analysts are currently working on a waterfall model for the company and we expect to publish their analysis in the in the coming weeks. The piece will cover areas such as the group's operational outlook, including views on cash flow generation and leverage, as well as valuation and potential recoveries to determine whether the current construct is sustainable and can warrant a successful refinancing. I had a call with high-yield reporter Beatrice Mavrolion earlier today and ask about what's going on in the primary market. Here is what she said. So the primary market has started to slow down for the summer. Uh, UK frozen food specialist Iceland priced 265 million sterling of fixed rate notes and 250 million euros of floating rate notes for refinancing late last week. 
Some investors argued that the company may struggle with higher interest costs after the refinancing, high capex needs and low EBITDA margins, which will hurt free cash flow generation. However, others were more positive, arguing that the company will continue to grow and that the pressure on living costs is here to stay, which means that Iceland will continue to to appeal to the lower income market segment. Pharmaceutical company Zentiva priced a three-year 1.825 billion term loan B extension to 2028. Investors highlighted the company's recent growth, strong performance and leading position in, in a number of markets. However, total leverage as of May is, is pretty high at five times and the company may continue to make debt funded acquisitions. Additionally, um, free cash flows, it, it may also decline, although it's expected to re- remain positive as a result of, of higher interest costs after the deal, and deleveraging is going to be challenging. Um, in, uh, IT group Software AG made a number of changes to the covenants on its 1 billion euro equivalent term loan B, including on margin ratchets and, and margin ratchet holidays, but investors said the covenants are still quite aggressive on certain points. And um, pharmaceutical company Curium is marketing an extension of, of three term loan Bs to 2029. Last week, we held a primary market webinar in which did, we discussed a number of topics, including the, the recent surge in A&Es, um, higher interest costs, uh, when LBO activity is expected to return to normal. And uh, to listen to this, please go to the webinars section of the Reorg website. thousands of industry professionals using ESGX by Reorg to address regulatory reporting and underwrite investments with ESG. Request a trial at Reorg.com or contact sales at Reorg.com for further information. We'd like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience, so please take a moment to complete the short survey in the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next week for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening. Mm-hmm.